leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. In August, Nabriva Therapeutics won U.S. Food and Drug Administration approval for Zinletta for the treatment of community-acquired bacterial pneumonia in adults. It was the first new antibiotic with a novel mechanism of action approved by the FDA in nearly two decades for the condition. We spoke to Ted Schroeder, CEO of Nabriva, about Zinletta's unique mechanism of action why it may be less prone to the development of resistance, and why policymakers still need to take additional steps to spur development of novel antibiotics. Ted, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. It's always exciting to uh, have a chance to talk about Nabriva. Well, we're going to talk about Nabriva, the, the need for new antibiotics, and your transformation into a commercial stage company with the approval of Zinletta to treat community-acquired bacterial pneumonia. Let's start with the state of antibiotic development today, though. For many years, we've heard about the concern over the growing threat of resistant bacteria and a, a lack of antibiotics in development. Is this still the case? How, how big a concern is the need to expand the antibiotic arsenal? Well, it's a, uh, it's a growing concern for sure. It's, um, it's been a uh, concern for a number of years and doesn't seem to be abating. In fact, uh, just recently, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, released its updated antibiotic resistance threats in the United States, indicating that antibiotic-resistant bacteria and fungi cause more than 2.8 million infections and 35,000 deaths in the United States each year. The problem will get worse if we don't act on it. In fact, there are many pathogens that require attention right now that are uh, resistant to most, if not all, uh, antibiotics. And that includes those that uh, can cause community-acquired bacterial pneumonia and complicated urinary tract infections. And that uh, happens to be the primary work at Nabriva. That we're convinced we can make a difference. What exactly is community-acquired bacterial pneumonia, and, and how is it treated today? Yeah, community-acquired bacterial pneumonia is the most common type of pneumonia, and it does have serious health consequences. It affects more than 5 million Americans each year and is the leading cause of infection-related death. The most common cause of community-acquired pneumonia in the United States is a bacteria called Streptococcus pneumoniae, this type of pneumonia can follow viral infections such as the flu and can cause shortness of breath, fever, and cough. 
in community-acquired bacterial pneumonia infection occurs outside the hospital or other healthcare facilities. And it's particularly acute in the older population, um, older patients, especially those with other complicating conditions are at the highest risk for increased mortality and morbidity. In August, your company won regulatory approval for Zinletta, which is the first of a new class of antibiotics. What is Zinletta and how does it work? So Zinletta is the first in, uh, class systemic pleuromutilin antibiotic indicated for the treatment of adult patients with community-acquired pneumonia. And um, it was approved in both the IV and oral formulations. It works by uh, targeting the, the, the ribosome, so the, the so-called protein factory of the cell, and inhibits the, uh, the production of, of new protein. Now, other, other antibiotics do this, um, but lefamulin does it in a new and unique way doesn't share any binding sites on the ribosome with other uh, other antibiotics that are commercially available. And so it blocks what is known as the peptidyl transferase domain on the ribosome. So therefore, it, it kills in a fundamentally different way. Uh, and that means there's a lower risk of developing resistance. And to date, we have seen uh, very rare instances of cross-resistance with other antibiotics. And is that a fairly unique mechanism compared to what we see in other antibiotics? It is. It's it's unique because it 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 it's a unique binding site that's not shared with any other antibiotic, and that's what really separates it from many of the antibiotics that have been um, brought to market over the last couple of decades. And is this a, a naturally occurring antibiotic? Well, it certainly originally was naturally occurring. It was derived from a uh, edible mushroom and uh, synthesized in the in labs, and now it's a fully synthesized antibiotic. But it had a natural uh, derivation. There's a, a big concern about the growing resistance to antibiotics. Is, is there a case to make why this antibiotic may be less prone to seeing? resistance develop against it? Well, one of the things that bacteria are pretty good at is figuring out uh, what's trying to kill them. And so over time, they've uh, developed mechanisms to evade uh, antibiotics, uh, and there are many different ways bacteria have evolved to evade that. The importance of a new class that kills in a fundamentally different way is that bacteria haven't been exposed to that antibiotic in the past. They haven't developed mechanisms. Um, if you have the same class of antibiotic but just a different molecule or you add an inhibitor to it, um, it still kills the antibiotic in the same way as its predecessors. In the case of Zenleta, it has a unique binding site on the, on the ribosome that's not shared with any other antibiotic. So it's novel to the to the bacteria. They haven't seen it before. And importantly, it doesn't exhibit cross-resistance to other antibiotics that are commonly used. Well, what's known about some letter from the clinical studies that were performed? So we did two so-called pivotal trials for FDA approval. They were called LEAP1 and LEAP2. Uh, LEAP1 was a 
uh, IV to oral, or at least the physicians had the opportunity to switch to oral uh, course of therapy. And LEAP2 was an oral-only short course, five-day uh, therapy. We compared that in the standard FDA protocol to an existing antibiotic, moxifloxacin, which is an antibiotic, the quinolone class, which is a highly effective antibiotic and thought to be a, uh, a, a rather potent antibiotic in community-acquired pneumonia. And our trials showed that we were comparable to this antibiotic, but with a, uh, a different mechanism of action and a, um, a somewhat uh, different safety profile because Zenletic covers no boxed warnings from the FDA. Are you looking at other indications for Zenletic? Well, certainly there have been other indications uh, under consideration. Um, you know, I should say that the, the, the Zenletta was developed specifically for respiratory uh, infections because it has a spectrum of activity that fits with respiratory pathogens covering both gram-positive and so-called atypical bacteria without a lot of off-target effects in other uh, bacteria that may reside in the gut, like E. coli, for example. Unlike other classes like the, like the quinolones, who are effective in respiratory infections but have a lot of off-target activity for other bacteria, and that only increases the uh, resistance pressure on those uh, bacteria. There are opportunities and other indications like uh, skin and soft tissue infections, and in, uh, and in fact, we completed a uh, early stage trial in skin and soft tissue infections. And there has been interest in resistant uh, sexually transmitted diseases as well. Uh, and uh, at the moment, we're, um, we're focused on the commercialization of Zenletta and community acquired pneumonia, but there's certainly the opportunity to expand the indications as, uh, as we think about the, the other applications. And are you commercializing this on your own, or are you seeking a partner to do this? In the United States, we've uh, launched with our own 60-person sales force. Uh, they're largely focused on uh, hospitals. There are 900 hospitals that they're focusing on. Uh, but in addition, they also call on about 6,000 primary care physicians that are geographically adjacent to the medical centers where they uh, primarily are, uh, are are promoting the product. You have a second antibiotic in development, Contepo, for complicated urinary tract infections. You were seeking approval for this, but had a setback when the FDA declined to approve it because of manufacturing issues. Where are you in efforts to win approval for that? So we've been working closely with our uh, contract manufacturers to uh, resolve the concerns that the FDA raised. Um, we recently announced publicly that we intend to resubmit uh, IV fosfomycin or Contipo by the end of this year, so in the in the next couple of weeks. And then the FDA has told us that it would be a six-month review. So we expect to uh, look forward to a, a, an approval uh, sometime in uh, you know called the June timeframe of 2020. And how big a need do complicated urinary tract infections represent? Yeah, complicated urinary tract infections are increasingly uh, difficult to treat because of multidrug-resistant bacteria. Uh, they're common infections. Uh, they tend to 
the uh, more difficult to treat in older patients and patients with uh, immunocompromised and patients that have received multiple courses of antibiotics, so resistance is high in this group of patients. Uh, <clears throat> IV phosphomycin outside of the United States has been shown to be particularly effective for certain classes of multidrug resistant bacteria. And while the indication we pursued in the U.S. was complicated urinary tract infections, outside of the U.S., um, the products indicated for as many as nine different indications, including complicated urinary tract infections. Well, what exactly is it, and how unique is it, and how does it work? So IV phosphomycin is actually an older antibiotic. It's been um, on the market outside the United States for more than four decades, and it's a, um, it's a unique uh, antibiotic that <clears throat> kills bacteria by interrupting a very early stage of cell wall synthesis. So it makes it very difficult for the bacteria to evolve around uh, around the uh, around the, the the antibiotic. It attaches irreversibly to a protein known as MUR-A, uh, and that causes uh, the cell wall destabilizes and causes cell death. Um, it's it's a broad spec it has a broad spectrum of activity kills both gram-positive and gram-negative organisms, but its real claim to fame uh, and why there's been such a resurgence of the, the use of uh, IV phosphomycin around the world is its activity against multi-resistant gram-negative infections in particular. So it's often used in combination with other, uh, other antibiotics, but um, there are certainly bacteria that have uh, been in patients that are only susceptible to IV phosphomycin. So it represents, a, even though it's been around for four decades outside the U.S., the IV form represents a new class of antibiotic in the United States. There were incentives put into place several years ago to encourage the development of new antibiotics. How effective have those measures been, and do you think new incentives are needed, and and if so, what might they be? Sure. So several years ago, Congress passed a, an act called the GAIN Act, Generating Antibiotic Incentives Now Act, and that was designed to um, develop more pipeline uh, antibiotic products. And in fact, both uh, both Lefamulin and Zenletta uh, benefited from those efforts and received the designation called Qualified Infectious Disease Product, and along with that came extended exclusivity. And so it was very effective. And there have been, uh, I think, 10 or 12 antibiotics that have come through the pipeline uh, since that time, and they're more uh, in development. And so from that perspective, it was uh, it was really effective. The difficulty came that after those products went all the way through FDA approval, the, and then launched into the market. The commercial market is uh, widely viewed as, as as a broken marketplace, and it's a disconnect between the way hospitals are reimbursed for antibiotics. <clears throat> and so, currently, antibiotics are paid by uh, by CMS, the Centers for Medicare Services, or and and they're um, they're they're paid in a bundled way. So, if you are in the hospital for condition and you have an infection, the it's all bundled up into one reimbursement to the hospital. 
and that creates uh, sometimes a perverse incentive for hospitals to pick the most inexpensive antibiotic over the most appropriate antibiotic. And we feel strongly that a change in the reimbursement scheme is needed so that two IDP antibiotics can be carved out of that payment structure and paid for separately like many other um, advanced uh, medicines are, are paid for so that physicians can decide, not based on the economics, but based on the clinical condition of the patient, what's the most appropriate antibiotic for that patient at this time. There are other incentives that are being uh, bandied about as well, uh, various market entry rewards, um, and there are some other uh, uh, unique uh, systems that are uh, being experimented with in, in Europe and other places to solve this global problem. Because the problem with not having a, a, a robust marketplace is less about companies not doing well, but you lose the infrastructure that you need to develop new antibacterials. Those scientists just don't sit around waiting for the phone to ring uh, if their company that they're working for fails. They go and apply their talents to another therapeutic area. It's very difficult to get them to come back. So there are many who believe that that could create a 10 to 20-year hole in our antibiotic development efforts if we don't do something to fix the, uh, the commercial landscape. Ted Schroeder, CEO of Nabriva Therapeutics. Ted, thanks for your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.